Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. Fish is coming to town next week, and that's with a PH. The Vermont Spawned Jam Band will open its summer tour with two shows at Chaffetz Arena. For a band that's one of the country's top touring acts, Fish remains strangely misunderstood. Fish expert Jake Cohen will help us give a close listen to what makes Fish special. Okay, Jake, let, let's get this out of the way first. You and I are both big fish heads, it's fair to say, I think. Uh, how, how many how many fish shows ha- have you gone to? Right now, I think it's around 180. Mm. Um, I haven't checked my, my official stats uh, recently, but I think around 180. Sounds like you had a slow month back in, in 2004 or something, huh? You didn't quite get it up to uh, yeah. 200. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to look mine up this morning. I figured out it's 157 for me. So something we've both noticed over the years, I think, is that a lot of the media coverage about fish seems to be based even still. It's gotten better, but but a lot of sort of lazy stereotypes that date back to the 90s, and they weren't even that accurate back then. And for one thing, a lot of folks who haven't heard much fish seem to think of them as these guys who just sort of get up on the stage and take solos until somebody turns the lights out. Is there more than that to fish music? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, the, the sort of gut reaction to a lot of, um, you know, critics or journalists who go to a, a show and hear maybe one or two uh, random things. It sounds like just aimless noodling to them. And one of the things about fish that I think is really rewarding is that they, they play with certain expectations that we have. So you expect the improvisation to go in a certain way. And then all of a sudden they veer away from that and they do something completely different. And so it sort of trades in a little bit on your your knowledge of how you think it should go and then how it actually goes. I think another thing that's really um, sort of remarkable about Fish is that they're known as a jam band, but for most of the first decade or so of their existence, they didn't do a lot of improvisation. There were some, you know, sort of solos, guitar solos, piano solos, things like that. But uh, they really used a lot of these sort of progressive rock-inspired compositions, really intricate, multi-part compositions in the tradition of 1970s prog rock bands like King Crimson or Genesis um, or uh, Frank Zappa as well. And so you hear all these really intricate, complex, composed-out parts. And guitarist Trey Anastasio was actually a composition major in college and was sort of formally trained in classical and jazz and big band composition. Let's get a taste of some of that musicianship. This this is a song called Reba. We're going to listen to a passage of music that the band runs through twice, um, but with a key alteration the second time around, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the, the, it's a, the melody that they're playing here is a uh, very dissonant, almost atonal melody. So it doesn't belong in a particular key. Um, there's a lot of chromatic notes. It's very sort of weird. There's notes that sound wrong to uh, sort of the average listener. And Anastasio actually writes it as a, uh, a two-part invention. Uh, so in the style of like a Bach two-part invention where the bass and the guitar are playing against one another in counterpoint. They're both playing melodies. The first time through they play it, it's uh, piano and guitar playing in unison. The second time through, the guitar lags behind by uh, one beat. And so it's actually what's known as a canon. 
in uh, classical composition. So it's very Bach-inspired. Let's hear a little bit of Fish's Reba. to hit those chords at the very end uh, together. Yeah, and that sounded very clean, very precise. It took great dexterity and listening skills. Let's, let's listen to something a little dirtier and a little messier and more chaotic. <laughs> uh, this is a song called Split Open and Melt, and the composition itself is, is a bit quirky, right? Yeah, it has a, a rhythmic sort of trick to it uh, in, this, in this case. So the... Um, the main uh, sort of uh, riff of the song, the main sort of chord progression that they solo over, that they that they jam on at the end, it has an extra beat in the in the cycle of of measures. So you hear usually uh, rock music is in fours or threes, uh, most often in fours. So we hear like one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four, and in split open and melt every fourth measure has an extra beat. So you hear one and two and three and four and one and two and uh, one and two and three. And so you get that little extra bit of a, um, it almost feels like you're falling forward into mm. the next cycle of, of, of measures. Okay, so and, just, just for a taste of that, Jake, yeah. um, we're going to hear just a little bit of the, of the song as composed, just, just so we hear where we're starting. Okay, so that's how it goes. Right? It's that dun dun dun, that little um, rhythmic lick, that's yeah, the sort of signature of the song. Yeah. yeah. So let's we're gonna fast forward five or six minutes right into the middle of the jam, and what what are we gonna listen for here? So what we're hearing here is that uh, one of the beautiful things about a split open and melt jam is that it's all about whether you can sort of recognize and hear that hook, and they're gonna go away from it. So they're going to actually abandon that rhythmic uh, sort of hook, that, 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 that riff, and it's going to sound sort of messy and chaotic. They're playing off each other. But in the background, they have the sort of rhythm in their, in their, in their bones, in their, in their bodies, and in their minds. And then gradually we're going to hear John Fishman, the drummer, is going to bring that rhythmic hook back in and gradually the rest of the band will both be playing against it 
and then also reincorporating it into their playing. Mm. Well, let's hear a bit of Split Open and Melt. This was recorded in 1993, actually here in St. Louis at the American Theater. Uh, some folks also know it as the Orpheum. It's sadly closed now. Uh, here is Split Open and Melt. there we can we can kind of hear where it's going from there you can hear it coming back together again something i, I also love listening to just the the musical communication among them there there's, there's a moment there where uh the drummer starts bringing that back like you said and then you hear Paige mcconnell the keyboardist kind of cues the guitarist i think that okay it's about it's time to get back <laughs> you know it's time to go home now right and uh and they don't all necessarily uh you know they say okay yeah i, I hear that it's time to go back but i'm still going to play against it i'm still going to sort of try to make it so that it's not fully back in you know it would be it would be sort of too obvious or too easy if they all came back in right away but this gradual sort of push and pull between playing with the beat and playing against it is what makes it so so pleasing yeah let's let's change pace again something we, we've talked about some compositions and, and playing in and out of the composition. I think something I know I love about the band is sometimes you know deep in improvisation it sounds like they're almost, composing spontaneously. And and we're going to hear right now some of a song called Tweezer. This was recorded in 2013. And this is a moment where you can hear the band almost improvising a verse chorus, a verse structure, 26 minutes deep into a jam. And uh, somehow the audience is singing along to the jam. It's just a moment where the musicians and the audience are coming together. And right before the bit we're about to hear, you hear the keyboardist hit on a little, little rhythmic figure that the rest of the band jumps on, and then the audience starts responding to that. Let's hear Tweezer from Tahoe, the Tahoe Tweezer.
You know, sometimes a fella just wants to say to a musicologist, dude, that was cool. Uh, what, what, how do you feel about that? I think, I mean, you know, one of the things that's so remarkable about this moment is that, and if you're listening to this and you, and you don't know this particular version, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily pick up on it, but the wooing, that's not something that people do. That's not something that was sort of planned or that fish fans are, are regularly do. Now they do after that, after that. But um, that was just a spontaneous moment where the band sort of left this space open and the audience was so sort of in the moment and involved in the uh, improvisation that they started contributing and the band picked up on it. And there's this great sort of back and forth where you can feel that the band is making space for the audience and the audience is just thrillingly participating in it. And uh, one of my favorite parts about that is that big sort of tension-filled moment right before the soloing comes back in. And then Trey Anastasia, the guitarist, he just hits that really high mm. note. And it's, it's this sort of gorgeous, glorious release. And yeah, this is like, you know, the, the, the music here sounds almost like a pop song. It's this like simple little two chord vamp. But, you know, this is, as you said, 26 minutes into this version of the song, they've already played four or five different improvisational segments. They're in a key that is so far from the original key of this song. And they're able to create this sort of spontaneous moment and the audience is involved with it. I think that's one of the beautiful things about Fish, the reason people keep going back, is that the audience does feel as though they are sort of part of the process of musical creation with the band. Dr. Jake Cohen, PhD, Fish fan, lover of music. Thank you so much for calling in today. Thanks so much, Jeremy, for having me. It's a pleasure. See you at a show. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.